When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Elsberg Barb Rasmussen, <laughs> co-host Catherine Brandt, and sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader. We shall be right back. Doug Abrams in the first hour, Ron James in the second hour. We've got guests that are up next with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here we are. Let me bring in Mr. Abrams. Doug Abrams with us. How are you, Doug? Great to be with you, Tom. Nice to have you. Now, where are you from, Doug? 
Well, originally born and bred in New York City. I live in California now. Um, and uh, my wife is from the Midwest, though. So uh, we're, yeah, so we're an interregional couple. <laughs> interregional. I like that. We're inter. The only reason so I bring trendy. that up, Doug, is that in Minnesota, you have to rejoice when you see things like uh, this weekend, 57, Saturday, 61, Sunday, 63. Uh, when you see temperatures like that in Minneapolis and St. Paul in November on a weekend, man, the weather is going to be gorgeous. Life Doug. is grand. Life is grand. That's awesome. That's Life awesome. is grand. In a world that seems so troubled, how do we hold on to hope? The Book of Hope, a survival guide for trying times. Uh, looking at the headlines, the worsening climate crisis, global pandemic, loss of biodiversity, uh, political upheaval. It can be uh, hard to feel optimistic, and yet hope has never been more desperately needed. You know, the one thing to the reaction yesterday, that my reaction to what happened yesterday, because I'm not a Democrat and I'm not a Republican, I'm just kind of in the middle, and I, I, the only thing I took away from that is maybe there is a sign that we're trying to, to get together again. Maybe we did move toward the middle. I'm hoping that's true, Doug. Yeah, I think uh, political polarization is one of the great challenges of our time, yeah. and honestly, we don't we we don't have time for uh, divisiveness. We've got some real challenges to face as a nation and as a world. Um, so we've got to figure out how to bridge our differences and get to the real problems, uh, or there um, because we've got some pretty significant existential threats to uh, to the future of humanity and the world we're going to give our ki- our our children and our grandchildren. Yeah, and there's no question about that. But, but uh, what was it? God, what was the man's name? The first climate crisis. Uh, the author of the very, very famous book, and I can't remember his name any longer. Uh, uh, was are you saying about the inconvenient truth by Al Gore? No, before Which Al Gore. One? Oh, or the the um, you're talking about like the the uh, population bomb. Yes, that there you go. About the, the, yeah, population the. Bomb, um, that was the population bomb. I think that was Paul Ehrlich at, yep. at Stanford. You yeah. are correct. Yeah. yeah, so that was in yeah. the 70s, was it not, Doug? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was. Uh, we've been hearing about this for a long time, but yes. uh, now the 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 climate predictions are catching up with us, and we're dealing with. Uh, you know, I was just in New York for you know when we were having hurricanes, and we have wildfires out here in California, flooding in the Midwest. I mean. You know, power outages for freak snowstorms in Texas. Um, so, I mean, obviously, when the water, the temperature, when many people hear, you know, global warming, especially in Minneapolis, they think, well, that wouldn't be too bad. Hey, you know? now we're talking. Um, but, <laughs> we <laughs> pray exactly. for it. But, uh, exactly. <laughs> but there, this is not just, you know, this is about climate craziness and really extreme spikes. I mean, they had 110 degrees in Vancouver. Um, and a pressure bubble that made it hard for people to breathe and sleep. So, I mean, we have, um, I mean, we wrote, I had the privilege of writing the Book of Hope with Jane Goodall um, to give people hope because a lot of people have gone kind of from denial to despair. And uh, I think, you know, hope isn't the only place we're going to get anything done here. Um, And so we give Jane's four reasons for hope um, in our ability to solve these challenges. But the book is also about finding hope, whether you're, you know, ups- you know, anguishing about the climate realities or you're concerned about the future of our nation, um, you know, or the pandemic or any of the challenges that we're facing. No, Doug, I, just to catch you up with the family here, because uh, my, my wife, Catherine, is here. Our daughter, Alex, is here. And then Cassie, a family friend, is here. Um, but oh, I, great. Th- this is, Doug, uh, 
this family owned the very first Tesla in the state of Minnesota. We built wow. a house 18 years ago. We wanted to put in uh, solar panels, and the city said, absolutely not. We will not allow you to put solar panels. And this was on an island in the middle of a little lake in uh, Golden Valley, Minnesota. Wow. But eight, just 18 years ago, nobody cared. And as a matter of fact, if you did care, they, they just brushed you off like, no, we're not doing that. Forget it. That was only 18 years mm-hmm. ago, Doug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things have changed a lot in those 18 years. But the, we saw it coming. I, Why didn't we all do something about it? Well, I think, you know, I think uh, one of the things that was interesting working with uh, a person like Jane Goodall, who's been studying apes and humans and our evolution is, you know, we didn't really evolve for long term threats. We evolved for the tiger at our door. Yeah, um, and um, it's just it's hard to see the the longer term crisis unfolding and it's just you know so many people are living so hand to mouth and close to the bone in their lives that it's hard to think about the larger realities or the larger challenges that we face but i think if we recognize that we have you know treated you know our planet kind of like a waste dump and we have extracted and taken so much we, we know that there's you know anybody who's been a farmer or been you know close to the land knows that you can't abuse the land uh without the land you know you know giving out and i think we are just now learning that we have to you know uh create a relationship to the natural world that allows us to survive and thrive i think that'd be wonderful you know and i i don't want to be too harsh here but but I don't see a lot of help coming from politicians. I haven't seen a lot of help. They love to talk about it, but then they never do anything. And by that, I would I would point to the big uh, meeting they just had over in, in Europe. Everybody flew. Mm-hmm. How, many, how many private jets again? It was just an, a massive amount of private jets. They used 85 SUVs to get around in. I mean, they, they love to talk the game so they can get people to donate money to their causes, but they never do anything about it. Yeah, we really do need um, industrial scale and uh, corporate, you know, and government policy to lead the way. Um, I mean, I think this is not going to be solved by paper or plastic um, at the grocery store. Um, It's going to be solved by giving consumers real choice is that uh, they don't have to choose between convenience and, uh, you know, and helping the planet. Uh, But. I think there are a lot of things that individuals can do. I mean, I think your leadership around, I mean, look at it. You got a Tesla. Um, if you invested, had invested the money you bought in the Tesla, right, you know, right. in Tesla, you'd be a very rich man now. Because, I'd be very you know, wealthy. The company is, yes, is, uh, is worth, you know, more than the traditional car makers. And um, I think that, you know, the changes are coming. We're going to have right. the same degree of transformation that we had in the industrial age in this time scale of the digital, uh, you know, in the, in the digital revolution. Um, and so we can either get ready and, and, and get on board with the challenges that we face and the solutions that are there, or we can create a much uh, more on inhospitable world for our children and grandchildren. No, Doug, I should mention, by the way, to go back a few minutes, you're talking about Jane Goodall and you use the word apes, and when you use the word ape, my wife looked at me. So I thank you for that, Doug. <laughs> 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 so, you know. Well, we, 
we, we, you know, we are this, uh, ra- you know, rather uh, weak and hairless ape that um, <laughs> has this incredible um, uh, 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 men more than women, let's say. Uh, but we uh, we have this incredible, amazing human intellect, which is one of Jane's four reasons for hope. Um, you know, it is what allowed us to put a man on the moon and a rover on Mars, and it's a lot what it's allowing us to come up with all sorts of incredible solutions to the the climate challenges that we face and um we've got uh you know we have that reason for hope we have the resilience of nature if we are able to support nature or at least stop destroying it uh it bounces back with incredible speed um one of the things we 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 research you know we saw in the research was that ecosystems come back in 10 to 50 years when we stop polluting them and destroying them. Um, so, you know, nature is there wanting to thrive and survive. And um, I mean, really the question, you know, nature is going to go on. The question is, you know, what kind of a world for humans we're going to create. Now, Doug, I have to ask you a question because this is a personal, my personal reaction to a lot of it. Because I've always thought we should, uh, you know, not necessarily cajole people, but talk to people one-on-one in a decent tone. Because whenever I get anybody on television screaming at me about climate change and you need to send money to me because I can help get this thing all taken care of, I, I think we're taking the wrong approach. You're, you can't scream in people's faces and, you know, wave your arms around and, oh, my God. You know, yeah, you go up and go, you know what? There's a problem. There's a big problem. We need to take care of it. Doug, your approach to it is much more even keel. You, We need more people like you talking about it. Thank you. Well, I, I think scare tactics don't help people. No, um, I no. think Yeah, I think, we, you know, we need to recognize the reality of what's happening. And I think we, you know, we do need some fear, uh, but we yeah. also need, uh, we need some, we need to recognize, we need sobriety about this. And just look, we're, there's only one climate, you know, there's only one uh, earth. And, you know, if we're polluting or the Chinese pollute, are polluting or the, you know, the Indians are polluting, it's, it all affects all of us. And so, you know, this is, one of the greatest opportunities humanity has ever had, right? The greatest generation, the World War II generation, was the greatest generation because they yep. faced the greatest threat to democracy that the world has ever known. We are have a similar, even and in many ways even greater challenge, which is we're try, we have to create a world that is, you know, going off in some pretty frightening ways in terms of its ability to support human life in the long term. And we need to we need to deal with that challenge. And that will call us to our greatness to be, you know, if we're going to meet this challenge, we have to be the greatest generation that humanity has ever had, because we live in a pivotal decade where we are going to be choosing the, 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 the state of the world for generations to come. I think there's no question about that. Um, you know, I'm just looking down the table here, Catherine. I drive probably maybe a few thousand miles a year. I, I drive somewhere between 250 and 300 miles a month. I'm not a big, I don't drive a lot. We live 10 minutes from this studio, which is the studio I work in, both in a morning show and an afternoon deal. Uh, Catherine's in the same boat. We We recently, in the last year and a half, almost two years now, moved to a more central location we walk a lot 
if we do drive, uh, the restaurants are all within about five, ten minutes. Uh, the only reason we would drive is across a freeway. Yeah, but the problem with that is, is that if you're clo- the closer you live to a walkable area, the more expensive the real estate is. That's true. That is very yeah, very true. yeah. I mean, and I also think it's really important not to shame people for right. the reality of their lives. Right. And people got to get to work, you know, and people need to drive. You know, the fact is that now uh, we are, you know, the the good thing is that we're coming up with technologies that uh, where we're not having to be driving, you know, cars that get 10, 20 miles to the gallon. And, you know, it's, it's just it's smart economics. You know, people want to get a car that they don't have to pay through the nose to, to drive and fill the tank with. Um, so there are new, you know, I think that's the part that consumer choice can drive uh, corporations to make cars that are more fuel efficient or and ultimately that are electrified like your Tesla and that don't require us to be polluting while we're driving. No question. Uh, Doug, I've never seen one. Maybe I'm sure you would know a lot more about this than I would. When Catherine and I are out, you know, driving around out in the country and all the rest of it, Minnesota, there are trees everywhere. There's, you know, a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, pollutants being breathed in and oxygen being breathed out. Is there any is there a number what uh, open space does for us, like right next to Minneapolis-St. Paul, there's a lot of open space. Is there a much better balance? Like, I got to believe out east there's not a whole lot of balance, uh, you know, carbon to oxygen. There's probably not a whole lot of balance there. Is it better in, uh, yeah. in places like Minneapolis-St. Paul? I assume it is. Yeah, well, Minneapolis is a beautiful city. I've been there, and the lakes uh, around yeah, it are yep. extraordinary. And I think Minneapolis has a, that, uh, you know, beautiful relationship to the natural world that is so um, healthy for people in, in all ways, both certainly for the oxygen and for the air that you breathe is huge. I mean, um, around the world, you know, the number of people who die prematurely from air pollution is uh, in the millions. Um, and I mean, we know the relationship between the, you know, the quality of the air and the quality of, of people's lives and our kids' lungs and their having asthma or not having asthma. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, you know, the, the nature does so many things for us. Um, you know, we're I'm working with a neuroscientist now who studies the impact of nature on the brain. And just being around nature uh, makes us healthier. It helps our attention and our concentration. Um, It's just really, you know, we grew up in nature. We evolved in nature. Um, And, you know, Minneapolis is a place where you can access that nature very easily. There are a lot of places in the world that is not the case. Right. Uh, But we, you know, we really need to be developing that newfound respect for the natural world and our our being nature, our being a part of that natural world and needing it and depending on it. We're talking to Doug, uh, Doug Abrams about his book. It was available on Amazon, as a matter of fact, the Book of Hope, a survival guide for trying times. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to suck up to you here, Doug, but I, I seriously, we've been on the air together 15 minutes, and a lot of people, when they think climate change, they hear, you need to do something right now, and you need to do this, you need to do that. Whereas you are like, well, this is what we should do. We really need to do it. We need a lot more people with an even keel approach to this, like you, Jane Goodall, people like that. I don't think these politicians and a lot of these other people that make money from these things 
should be allowed to bark at us about it. Maybe they should turn to people like you and go, well, Doug, why don't you tell them about it? Instead of, you know, I I just don't like being yelled at about things that I can do very little about. I I do the best I can. But I think a much more even-keel approach is better. Yeah, I think that also the challenge is we get caught up in in kind of uh, scientific or technical language about it. And it's really very simple. There's a pollution blanket around the world uh, that has come from our burning of yesterday's sunlight in fossil fuels, right? Um, We need to be transitioning to living, creating a society that is based on today's sunlight. Uh, whether that's solar or other renewable sources like wind. Um, and it's we have the technology. The price of wind and solar is actually cheaper right. than uh, oil and gas now in, in many places. Um, the technology exists. We just need to have the will to use it and to transform. Now, that's not to say that this isn't going to be a major transformation. There's sure. huge infrastructure we have to change. Um but really, I mean, it, 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 it's a very simple thing about, like, how, you know, it comes down to how much do we love our kids and our grandkids, yeah, right? What yeah. kind of a world are we wanting to create for them? And it comes down to basic fairness. You know, the people who created that pollution blanket need to stop and they need to be held accountable and they need to clean up the mess. You know, I mean, if somebody were dumping toxic waste in, you know, in a neighborhood in Minneapolis, the you know the community would say that person's got to clean it up um and that's basically what we've done uh to our you know our atmosphere and our the air we breathe and that needs to stop and we need to clean it up and we need to uh, have accountability for those who pollute alex and cassie you've got young children what's your view on this well i i mean i constantly tell my kids you know the world is like your house, your bedroom, or whatever. You keep it clean. You know, you leave it better than what you found it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I even tell my kids, like, we'll be walking, and they'll see garbage on the floor or out, you know, outside, like, at a right, park. And I'm like, right. why don't you pick that up and throw it away? Well, I didn't put it there. <laughs> well, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but there's many times I've had to clean up yep. your mess that I didn't do. Yep. And it's just the right thing to do. Well, Catherine and I, when we go for walks, and Doug, this is true, and Alex knows this is true, if I see or if she sees a plastic bottle or a piece, mm-hmm. whatever, we pick it up and throw it away. It's not ours, and I yeah. don't really want to touch other people's bottles near the mouth part. Especially during COVID. <laughs> Especially during always, yeah. COVID. I always carry exactly. dog poop bags with me for that reason. Yeah, it's like go. if you find other people's garbage, you can just, it's like a glove. Kind of. <laughs> it is like a glove. You're I right. teach my kids to reuse things. You know, yeah, like we, we reuse like ketchup bottles. I'll rinse them out. We've used them for paints. We've used them for other condiments. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. So we, I'm constantly teaching the kids how to reuse, recycle, things like that. Um, and they're actually pretty good about it. Like, good. they'll come down with, like, cardboard. I'm like, okay, where does that go? In recycling. You got it. So, you know, we try well, and do our great. best. I mean, that's it's, great. It, is. It, it, it is hard, especially when we're in such a consumer society and we constantly have 
stuff. Yeah. And we also right, right. are, well, I have a boatload of kids. <laughs> so. Oh, but, well, they're not, well, you should mention that you've, you've blended family. Yeah, we have a blended family. So it's not like you kicked out 12, 14 kids yourself. <laughs> no. <you know? laughs> not that there's anything wrong with not that. Not that there's no. anything wrong. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I'd be leaving my house if I did. Yeah, that's true. Uh, exactly. But, um, like, we do a lot of thrift shopping for clothes. You right. know? Sure, so, yeah. And that's yeah. another thing, you know, we try and, re, you know, buy used clothes. Because, look, my kids grow like weeds. And I'm not going to go spend $60 on a pair of pants that they're going to grow out of in two months. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we do a lot right. of, like, Goodwill shopping, savers, stuff like that. And that's also kind of a way to conserve and recycle is by buying used clothes right. instead of it mm-hmm. going into a dump and stuff like that. So there's just one other way we kind of reuse stuff. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. No, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Well, well, I mean, the reason we wrote the Book of Hope was to help people to deal with the the frustration, the fear, the despair that so many people are feeling right now, mm-hmm. um, and to see that there really is hope and that there are really clear, practical ways to get there, um, whether it's in our own lives. You know, the Book of Hope is also hoping to speak to people's own challenges, uh, you know, for what they're wanting for their kids and what they're wanting in terms of, you know, whether it's getting a job or um, getting their life on track. Um, so, the, we're, you know, it's, hope is something that scales up from our individual lives to our communities, to our nation, to our world. And uh, we're in desperate shortage of it right now. And um, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you all. And I hope that um, you know, Minneapolis is one of the it's one of the most beautiful cities I've been to. It's a thriving community, and I hope that uh, the Book of Hope will be some small contribution to creating hope in the community and and uh, hope in our world. Doug, get out there and talk to people because the politicians. Oh my God, it's horrible. We got to run. Doug Abrams. It's like, hey, we can do this. We'll do it together. I love your even keel approach. It makes me want to work with you more, not less. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to meet you and the whole family. Nice All to meet the best. You, Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Have a good day. Bye. Take care. Bye. See, this this is what we need. We don't need. Oh my God, it's horrible. And oh Jesus, everything's. <laughs> See, talking to somebody like this just brings me like so many questions about things yeah. that are going on in the world. Like what? Well, should we take a break? We'll take a break. We'll come back with so many questions oh, from Catherine Brand right after this. And we are back with stretches picks. Who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank 
bank, when they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Aaron, now Catherine's going to ask a question, but i got to ask you guys a question before Catherine's question. Hopefully I'll remember my question. You'll remember your question. You said you have many questions. I do, I do, I do. Um, we were just talking to Doug Abrams about, you know, living on a cleaner planet and all the rest of it. And, and again, I don't think it does a whole lot of good. And, and, and let me be very clear. I am not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I just don't like it when people like President Biden come forward and shut down our pipelines and then buy oil from Russia and then complain that it costs so much. You put us in that predicament. That was your fault. Mm-hmm. Can't have so, it both ways, mister. Yeah, that's the well, whole see, problem. Well, see, that's the whole thing. If, if oil production is so bad, so why is it why is it okay to, to have other countries? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're polluting probably worse than we do. Oh, yes. China and India by far. Oh, yeah. And Russia? Mm-hmm. You think that and they're Russia. really into whatever yep. they're putting in the air? I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that they... Right. Yeah, their regulations are probably more lax than ours, I would think. So it just, it just makes zero sense. Now, i got to ask you guys a question, then we'll move on to all the, all the points that you wanted to make. Okay. <clears throat> Have you guys ever heard of Who Bars, H-U, Who Bars? Mm-mm. Yeah, Who, yeah, it's a chocolate company. Yeah, it's a chocolate company. Yeah. You've heard of it? Yeah, they have crackers, too, actually, They I have think. cookies? Yeah. Now, I have you, one in my cupboard. A Who? Is it good? Yeah, there, there's no dairy or refined sugar in them. Yeah, there's, they're very, very healthy. That's yeah. what I was wondering, yeah. because it was recommended that I give them a whirl, because, you know, I do like chocolate, but chocolate is full of, you know, like refined sugar and this and that and the other thing. And I'm looking at it right now, Amazon. The one thing I would say is that these two-ounce bars are $6 a piece. Holy God. Oh, my gosh. Holy Hannah. That's amazing. That's fancy snacking. Two-ounce bar. From where? Amazon? Yeah, from that's, Amazon. Yeah. That's higher than they are. Like, if you go to Lake Winds, they're not that ex- as expensive. They're not. Like a regular-sized chocolate bar. Yeah, I mean, they've got hazelnut butter. they got all these flavors. Yeah, I've uh, had the cashew butter one and then the sea salt one. So they're really I like, good. I like... 
They're really good if you really if you like dark chocolate, which oh, I, I do. If you're a milk chocolate person, I think it would be a little bitter because they sweeten it with coconut sugar. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's not super sweet. So if you like not sweet dark chocolate, they're delicious. But like Fawn doesn't like them because she doesn't like dark chocolate. Yeah, oh. I'm not a big dark chocolate fan. It's no. too rich for me. It's super bitter. It can have like a bitter taste to yeah, it. I don't almost. like any more than 65%. And I am like. Then it's way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like ultimate dark black chocolate. Yeah, it's like that's that's just heartburn in a. But listen to this wrapper. <laughs> dark chocolate bars, and this there eight different flavors: natural, organic, vegan chocolate, gluten free, paleo, non GMO, fair trade dark chocolate, uh, climate friendly, climate pledge friendly. I mean, it's the, picked by albino virgins. Probably, <laughs> probably true. You're probably right. <laughs> So I was thinking about ordering some. You want to, but you don't like dark chocolate. I, I'll eat them. All right, I'll order them, and Alex <laughs> I got, and I, I can eat them. I have plenty of bars. Oh, that's I, right. You I got have my isogenics bars. I'm so happy. Alex, okay, you would recommend they, it. I I love them. Ooh, pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's Ooh. a shortage. Caribou or caribou stopped serving pumpkin. They ran out. Yeah. Can't get it anymore. I tried to get one like two what? weeks ago because it was... What? Yeah, they didn't have pumpkin spice lattes or anything. I tried to get one like two, three weeks ago because it was warm out. And I was like, I want to have an iced pumpkin decaf, whatever. I'm going to auction off my nutmeg collection. <laughs> your nutmeg collection. Nutmeg, your own. You get cinnamon, I got it all. Ooh, crunchy mint. I never thought I'd buy eight candy bars for 50 bucks. Do not do that. <laughs> That's dumb. Well, I, I want to try them. Is well, it prime? Like, is it prime delivery in two days? Uh, free delivery, yes, overnight. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's why the cost is so up. That's yeah. why it's so high. Yeah, I know. I love that. They're like, oh, I get free shipping in two days. But if you look at the products, like it's the same I product know. if it's non-prime to prime. I know. There yeah. can be a huge price difference oh, yeah. because oh yeah, you're not getting it in two days. Well, Grain-free cookies. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, they have grain-free cookies, yeah. chocolate hunks, chocolate <coughs> gems, and crackers. Yeah, so there you go. What do you think of that action, Catherine Brand? I think it's amazing. Okay, now you go. Where you okay, going? speaking of Amazon. Okay, we just talked about this whole, you know, climate change. Mm-hmm. We're in a crisis situation, yada, yes. yada. Is it better for everyone to get a package from Amazon, sometimes four or five different packages in eight million different size boxes with all kinds of packing material in it for mm-hmm. one tiny little thing? Or is it better for people to drive to the store and get it? How much are we polluting? It depends on where I I looked this up years ago. Because as most know, I am a climate spaz and do everything I can to have. I'm just a a spaz and a climate spaz. I'm all types of spaz, and so I do everything that I can to live a low waste living. Mm -hmm. And so I looked this up years ago, and it depends on where you live. If you live like, well, yeah, if you have to have to drive a hundred miles to a store, then yes, but, but still the truck has to drive a hundred miles to deliver it. But to you, usually the and truck, it's a truck, yeah, but usually the truck is already in the area, and so it actually tends to use less gas because the truck's already. I mean, think about how many of your neighbors get Amazon packages. Right. So it's already right there. So it's just another. No, but all the packaging. Mm-hmm. Yes, the packaging is so you can recycle. All Amazon packaging. You have to cut the stickers out, but you can recycle it. 
Um, and there, I know that Amazon is working on having all recyclable packaging by 2025, I think. I've noticed like a lot of my package, it comes with that brown paper yeah. filling mm-hmm. versus the plastic bubbles. Yeah. Stuff. Yep. Right. And good. they're working right. towards that in, yeah, in 2025, I think it is. So it's like, obviously like you, you live in a yeah. city where everything's right there. And if you're already at the store, it's like, yes, you get all your stuff. Then yes, it's better for the environment. But it isn't as big of an impact because it all has to do with supply chain stuff anyway to get to the store. So it really isn't any extra much to get it. Well, if you, I mean, if you look at it this way, you have one truck that could deliver to 50 people. That's 50 people that don't have to get in their cars and go to the store. Yeah. I know, but I've, that's purchased, how, I've purchased several things from Amazon mm-hmm. and they come at different times of the well, day. Well, Amazon, oh, Amazon, you get... Um, a cre- like a one or two dollar credit to have everything delivered at the same okay. time. Well, I, I have I've pressed on yeah. that button and still gotten it all in different times. <laughs> oh, really? And never gotten a credit either. So oh, I know I love it when you buy I've something done it that's like this big and it comes in it's a box. Huge. I know. <laughs> you know, it's like I know that <laughs> happened to me a few days ago. I got the kids something because there's certain things that I can only find on Amazon, like these mm-hmm. little compostable flossers mm-hmm. for the kids. I can't find them anywhere else. There are flossers that are compo- compostable, but they're eight billion times more expensive at the co-op. And so if I go on Amazon and I buy them, I get like 200 flossers for the same that I would get 30 at the mm-hmm. co-op. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy it on Amazon. <laughs> There you have it. All right. And how about um, the fact, how about light rail? We invest billions and billions of dollars in light rail. And, and that's we can, just by our house. And we Thank can't use it. And we can't use it no. because there's homeless people sleeping on there. Yep. It's crime-ridden. Right. They yeah. won't do anything to, yeah. you know, use it for what it's supposed to be for. I know. I'm pretty sure probably 90% of the people that ride the light rail don't pay to go on the I, light I was, rail. I was actually, right. when Jesse Ventura was, like, into the light rail, I was like, yes, this city needs light rail. It oh, would yeah. be so great to be able to use it. Yep. The north line that they're going to cut through Golden Valley, and I don't know where it actually comes from, or where the outer burbs. Where I thought it was like St. Cloud or something. Probably. Is it St. Cloud? Probably I thought there true. already was a line from. That's the, no, that's the North Star line. That's the North there. Star line, yeah. um, which had really was, good ridership. That was like Tim said. But now idea. they're going to cut this one through the suburbs, going right through North Minneapolis, where the heart of all of the violence and murders and everything are do you yep. think people are going to take that train no, no. i'm not taking no, that not i wouldn't take, take that train they're not going to take it no you know it's interesting i just looked at the uh, how this uh they voting... don't use their brains no they don't mm-hmm. voting down the uh the police uh, the, the, the the districts that wanted to get rid of the police department they wanted to fold up the uh the police and bring in public servants or whatever the hell they were called right mm-hmm <clears throat> Uh, and again, this is the way it's written, so don't be bitching at me about this. <laughs> by far, the biggest, the highest number of votes by far for that in favor of getting rid of the police, University of Minnesota. The entire neighborhood, on a, they strongly voted for getting rid of the police. At the at the U campus? Yep. Like well, that in that area? That that's whole, I mean, that whole area. And it's right there where... Most of it is is dark green, which means they really wanted the police go away. Yeah. And the other neighborhood, uh, and again, don't get pissed off at me about this, big in the Somali neighborhoods. They wanted to get rid of the police in the Somali neighborhoods. 
So you got University of Minnesota people and Somalis that wanted to get rid of the police. Everybody else did not want to. Hmm. Yeah, and they were talking, you know, I was reading about it, and they're like, well, we would have like a safety service department or whatever. I can't remember right. exactly. I'm like, well, well, what would they do? I think that they were just going to like basically rebrand it. Because, uh-huh. because. They're not going to be cops, though. They were no. not going to be cops. Well. I, I'm assuming they wouldn't be armed. No, they were not going to be people. armed. Yeah, they don't want any armed police officers anymore. <laughs> so the the criminals have all the guns. Mm-hmm. Great well, if idea. I'm being if I'm being attacked with somebody with a knife, and somebody calls the cops, how are they going to stop them if no, they, they can't. can't shoot them? Uh, one thing I'm very proud of: tasers. My uh-huh. old neighborhood, North Minneapolis. Every district voted down to get rid of the police in North Minneapolis. Every district in North Minneapolis voted it down. Mm-hmm. So it what happened? Very who, interesting. Who won? What happened? I who won what? Anything. They, we were not getting rid of the police yeah. by a 56 to 44 vote, so that's pretty strong. Good. And again, that was a very centralized vote. There's yeah. a little lighter area up like in northeast Minneapolis, but it's very, I mean, it was not really hugely in favor. I mean, I agree. We shouldn't be calling the cops for, um, no. you know, right. uh, my cat's up in the tree. You know, I mean, somebody else could deal with that. Shouldn't be. The police are stretched way too thin. Yes. I, I agree with that. But also the... Uh, the fundamental problem of the revolving door for criminals, I mean, I, I not, I, nobody looks at the big picture. We've got an incarceration problem, they say. We've got, we incarcerate more people than any other uh, society in the world. You know why? Because we're wealthy. Because more people commit crimes here because there's a lot more to get. See, that's the, what, they never throw that part in there. There's more things well, for people to steal and therefore they go to jail. We have a caller. We have Wendy. Not anybody but Wendy. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's Wendy Wednesday. <laughs> Wendy Wednesday. It's Wendy Wednesday, exactly. Yeah. What's up, sister? You know, what, what I thought was kind of interesting when I was, like, listening to what passed and whatever was, and I go to St. Paul, so I didn't see this. Apparently, there was something on the ballot that would allow the mayor to have more power because yeah. right now we yeah. got the only power in the yes. yeah. yeah and and you know honestly i'm kind of glad he did because sometimes i think some of the things he did were just because he was frustrated that he's a figurehead i mean yeah i'm I hoping what happened that. i'm hoping what happened is that he learned from the mistakes that he made and will you know, because he, he is officially the new mayor, right? I mean, the, uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't. They've got ranked vote, vo- ranked choice, choice yeah. voting in Minneapolis now, apparently. Yeah, we do. And see um, he didn't get he the 50 percent. He didn't get to 50 percent. I think they're still trying Ooh, to. Fry didn't. No, no I didn't uh, this, early this morning. He hadn't. When uh, my neighbor's alarm well, clock went off so loudly at 5 a.m., it woke me up. So I look. I checked well, it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they have to. They're still. I think they're still trying to figure that out. To tell you the truth, I'm not sure. It looks like he'll probably get it. He's got a significant lead. I mean, you can let the city I burn for so. three days and yeah. still become and, and, and still and still well, know, stay in office. I know that a lot of people. There was a big Interesting. vote. Don't rank Fry was like a big hashtag. 
Yeah. And yeah, Elon Omar did not endorse him, and that's worth a lot in Minneapolis. I told her to wear that headgear, and he wouldn't do it. Did she win? No, I don't she think she run. was up for. She, she, wasn't, she wasn't up for. No. Really, I saw signs in people's yards. They're probably there from last year. Okay, that's why I thought no, I was like. She's I'm right, though. Sure. There are a lot of signs out there. I was like, I'm pretty sure that she was Maybe voted that's last midterms. Uh, no, there, there, she already won her midterm election. That was yeah. the yeah. last election that that's we had. That's what I thought. But I, uh, it frustrates me. I'm hoping that he learned a lesson from what he did wrong. Yeah. He obviously yeah. has no idea how to run a city. Not a bit. But I am hoping. And one of the things that I think is uh, encouraging is that in St. Paul, uh, there are quite a few of the uh, city council members that didn't make it or they still don't know if they made it yet. Right. And the people that they were replaced with are more moderate. They're not are the they? progressive. They're the moderate. Uh, yeah, because I read up, I'm like, uh-oh, who are they replacing them with? Let's see if they're even more cracked than who they had. And, no, the people that they replaced them with, uh, uh, they uh, they say that they're, they're more moderate huh. instead of... And, and apparently that's a trend through a lot of the elections that happened yesterday across the country is a lot of the progressive people that were up for election are losing their elections and being replaced by another Democrat that is more moderate. Uh, Boston, Boston got an extreme progressive person. Well, yes, Boston. Come on. Oh, no, Bob, Boston uh-huh. has always been. It's always been either uh, an Ital- I think an Italian or an Irish person who's won in Boston for like ever. Mm-hmm. And this uh, an Asian woman, super progressive, like socialist person, got elected. Wow. Yeah. That's so that's very interesting. It it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I mean, I'm I'm just waiting to see like. With the whole, you know, what's going to turn out in St. Paul because, you know, St. Paul has more of the, uh, I can't remember what the term they use for it, but the mayor is in charge of more than, you know, more than just the police department. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, granted, in Minneapolis, the only reason I hope Jacob Fry won is because the two people that were running second and third to him, both of them are complete crackpots. Yeah. They're both like, you know, Omar endorsed, hmm. and they are, I've, I watched interviews with them, and they're both ridiculous. Like, no, the city doesn't need you two, honeyucks. They need, you know, that we need to teach the current one there that it's not cool to be so crazy and just run the city you know, run the city so that people aren't afraid to go downtown anymore. Because honestly, right. I am. I am. There are events. That I've never been a big, you know, let's go to downtown Minneapolis person in the first place. But I I really won't go downtown anymore just because it doesn't matter if it's day or night. No, you know, and I they know. said that the other day they had like six carjackings within three hours. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know people yeah. have changed their doctors and everything. Like, like quite mm-hmm. a few people. They're oh, like, really? I will not go into Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. I yeah. just don't need that worry. I don't want to have to think about my safety at two o'clock in the afternoon. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is Minneapolis. This isn't a huge city. There's no reason why we can't control the amount of violence and crime. There's just mm-hmm. no reason for it. Well, 
I know that the next thing that we need to work on is uh, the next time the Ramsey County Board comes up for, you know, election or the Ramsey County attorney. We need to get, I mean, anybody else. I don't care what color. I don't care what gender, what have you. Just get John Choi out of office. It's like you have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to prosecute criminals. It has nothing to right. do with skin color. It has nothing to do with anything else. You have to prosecute criminals because there's a lot of people here in St. Paul. I mean, myself included. If you don't start teaching people that there are consequences for their crimes, we're going to move. Really? You know, I've lived here over 25 years. You know, and every time I see my parents across the river, my dad keeps stepping up the, uh, you know, why don't you move here? We're really worried about your safety. I'm right. like, it's not as bad as the news says, but I, I just, you know, I gloss it over. But it's like, you know, we, we, lived in, we live on the east side, so, I mean, I'm used to hearing the occasional gunshot, you know, and it's whatever, as long as they shoot themselves and not me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the new normal. But I... Mm-hmm. I, well, it's been this way for, I mean, this side, east side, it has a reputation apparently for being one of the more hardcore areas of the city, and it doesn't really bother me, you know, and I, I tried to, I tried to kind of gently argue with my dad, well, you know, at least we know where the criminals are up here. I said, because in Wisconsin, there's a lot of in the country, a lot of farmhouses where they're cooking meth and stuff like that. And you don't know, you know, you don't know who your next door neighbor is living in the country. I mean, I have a pretty good idea who they are here, right, but right. my neighbors in our cul-de-sac, we're all like, yeah, we're, you know, I mean, we don't have cookouts or anything, but we're all like, we, you know, we watch out for each other. You know, Wendy, I got to read something to you because, uh, I'm on a show with four women now. I don't know how the hell I ever got in this mess, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You're, you're, lu- you're lucky. That's the why. luckiest guy on earth. Um, what about Jude? He's a guy. You know, as, as I said earlier this morning, I said it on the morning show and I said it on this show that I am not a Democrat and I'm not a Republican. <clears throat> I do like the fact that we're moving court, uh, toward the middle here, closer to, you know, maybe coming together. And then the progressives, instead of backing off, they double oh, down. The progressives now mm-hmm. say the only way they lost all those elections was white supremacy, racism. Mm-hmm. They said it's racist. Well, <laughs> no, you well, wanna? Yeah, I, I love to. I love to see the reaction of the city council member in Minneapolis. The, the African-American woman who won, who is not progressive. Right. She beat a progressive African-American person. It's yep. like, yep. okay, how does, how does that work out? It's completely ridiculous. I hope they keep on pounding that message that anybody that isn't a far-left progressive is a moron, an uneducated idiot uh, who's, who's racist. Because the more they call names, the more they divide us, the more they're going to be pushed out. Because yeah, people are finally I, sick to death of it. They are sick to death mm-hmm. of it. Everyone is just sick to death of the name-calling and the oh, I know. It's smug so elite crap. It's just, it's people are over it. One thing they did that I was really impressed with, and I talked about it on the morning show this morning, was the fact that they uh, polled a bunch of uh, Gen Zers, Gen Z people. Mm-hmm. Number one, one of the top ten things they said they're going to get rid of, they're not going to carry on, 
is cancel culture. Gen Z thinks cancel culture is crazy. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. Which know, is my, great my, news. My daughter, my daughter said that. She's like, these people are freaking nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's so great to hear that very, very young people are going, this is wrong and it needs to go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just think that, that angry, um, hysterical yeah. lashing out is just, it, mm-hmm. it, it can't go on forever. People just can't live in that sort of a climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and they they put it, the whole COVID thing, you know, they they really pumped that up, too. And I think the saddest thing and the thing that made me the most angry recently, because you know me, I'm pretty cheerful. Hey, you're very cheerful. There's there's someone that I knew from uh, high school, and, you know, he may or may not be one of my husband's cousins. Um, She started talking. He started, there was a a woman that we knew that we, you know, went to school with a couple years younger than me. She passed away recently from COVID. And it's like, I feel really bad, you know, for her family. She was a really nice person. And, you know, she was, I don't know if she'd been vaccinated, nor do I care, you know, but then this cousin was like posting on his page about, oh, how this friend of his from school had died. He was sad. And I I knew he was going to go this way just because I know he kind of is an a-hole. He said, but, and I'm like, oh, God, here it comes. But he says, you know, I, from postings that she's made in the past, the, you know, with the uh, Orwellian predictions on COVID, I'm pretty sure she wasn't vaccinated. So, you know, it kind of happens, you know, stuff like this happens when you do that. And I'm like, you a-hole. Did you yeah. just say that you're blaming a dead person for their death? That's like blaming a rape victim for their rape. Yeah, you're right. Kind, oh. kind of, maybe not quite exactly, but it's like, wait a second, you you just turned an I'm sorry she died into, well, I proved my point. It's like, right. oh, you jerk. The good news now, is... I, want we- it cause I, know, I know where he lives, and I wanted to just get up, get you know, into my car, go over to his house and punch him in the face. There you have it. All right, starting a week from tomorrow, I get to annoy the hell out of you for four straight days. It's going to be wonderful. You sure do. <laughs> now, is that uh, is Catherine coming? Yeah, yeah. so is Alex. Yep, and Dan. And well, Dan. I know. Well, I I know Alex and Dan are coming, but I didn't know if Catherine was coming yep. or not. I didn't know if she was going to stick around in case. Uh, you know, I know Andy's Andy's baby's coming up. I soon. know I, that was a consideration, but Nashville's a short flight away, and they won't let me in the hospital anyway. The hospital so anyway, yeah. Yeah. I'd have to wait till she went home. All right, we got to really do. I really do want to go to that German place. I oh. just, you guys fill me in on the fill me in on the name of it because I am perfectly happy to Uber or Lyft over there. I just want to go, and I want somebody to go with me because it's weird dining alone in a strange city. Guys, oh, come on. G E I S T. Is it G E I S T? G I E S T. G I E S T. I'll see if Charlie and Doc want to go with me. There you go. All right. We'll talk to you later, Pally. Have a good one. See you next week. See you next week. We'll be back.